Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Hey friends, uh, Naeem here. And uh, so last week we started a brand new series uh, called I Feel. And we talked about this idea that God wants us to have permission to really feel all the feelings. And then he wants to give us courage to actually confront them and then power to process them. And I love the fact that we kicked off last week talking about this idea of feeling lost. So if you've been in that space ever and you're just tuning in, uh, again, welcome, but go check it out. Go check out the week's, last week's uh, talk. This morning, I want to talk about this idea of feeling overwhelmed. Uh, do you feel overwhelmed right now? In fact, I want to give you the solution to it right b before we get started. So in case you just have to leave right now, it's really found in the secret of creating a sacred practice. So last week we talked about being feeling lost and I talked about how you and I need to create sacred moments or a sacred place. But this is a sacred practice that I believe will help us move out of feeling overwhelmed. And do you feel overwhelmed? I tell you what, I do. I do overwhelmed with all kinds of things that are happening right now. And, you know, sometimes people say that uh, preachers uh, preach sermons that they most need to hear. And I've, I feel like uh, that's really me, especially when it comes to this idea, this, this message, this talk about what do you do with the feelings of being overwhelmed at times? What do you do with that? And where, where is God in the midst of this? And so what I want to do is I want to talk to you about this. I want to give you the answer. And like I said, I already gave you the answer, right, in, in one sense. It's about creating a sacred, a sacred what? A sacred practice. Okay, so what does that mean? What does it look like? Let's talk about being overwhelmed, first of all. I remember, do you remember this? I remember the first week, at least in North Carolina, when we got quarantined. I remember uh, it was a stay-at-home order, and uh, I don't know why. I don't know why, but I was not staying at home. I was actually, I was driving somewhere. It was, it was definitely important, definitely important. Um, yeah, it was definitely important. Um, but I remember feeling like it was a ghost town. And the first week or the two weeks into that, I thought, man, life has just gotten so simpler. Like as in, there's nothing going on. And now there were like months into this quarantine and months into the stay home sort of order and masks and no masks. There's sort of, when are we going to get back? And is life back? And some life is back. And there's traffic once again, friends. I mean, you know this. So life seems to be going on, but this pandemic seems to be going on at the same time. And all of a sudden, uh, the first couple of weeks where everything was just simpler got super complicated. And now my life, and I'm sure your life, is complicated. And so this feeling of being overwhelmed is one that all of us are feeling, not just in North Carolina, no, not just in the U.S., but all over the world. And God wants to speak uh, something to our souls. He wants to tell us what to do in the midst of this. He wants us to feel all these things. And we are feeling these things. Like, like for example, if you go, you know what, I think I feel overwhelmed. Let me give you a clue. If you feel like 
things right now are just too much, you're probably feeling overwhelmed. Like as in too much. What, what do I mean by that? Like there's too many restrictions or there's too many uncertainties. You just feel like there's too many things to consider. There's, there's just too much information out there. If you feel that way, you might be overwhelmed. What about, um, I know I feel this, there, not just there's too much, there's too many. There's too many areas that this pandemic is affecting. There's too many areas. It's like, it's affecting everything. If you notice, like, if, you, if I can't do this, or if this is complicated, or, or this shop, or this, my favorite place, or if, if, if one thing is affected, it's a domino effect of all the other things. Like, I'm not in a in my ideal Zen mode or whatever, because certain things have to play into place, have to play, you know, a particular part. And there's just too many things there. This, this thing, this, this quarantine, this, this, all of this is affecting. And not only that, I mean, obviously, in the U.S. and even in the world, I mean, social justice, um, this movement that has, has now is on the, you know, on everybody's mind. It, and it's a great thing, but it's another thing. It's a great thing. It's another thing. Then obviously the pandemic, then you got all the other things going on in the world. You've got, uh, you got politics going crazy. I mean, and then you got your relatives going crazy. I mean, there's just so many things. How about this? How about, how about this idea of like feeling overwhelmed well when things are changing so soon? Like, have you noticed that? They're like, things are, I, I love change, but I just feel like, man, I just would love a little bit of room, a little bit of like, hey, this is about to happen. No, things just seem to be changing so soon. Uh, as in, I, I, it's, like, it's like this, it's like this. It's like, um, it's like playing a song. Have you ever done this? Have you ever played a song? Or how about this? Have you ever been with someone and you're going through, like trying to pick the right song that you're going to listen to on the drive or whatever, and the person, like you're going through the songs and, they, and, and you're just about to get into the song and they change it. You're like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because you were just about to get into your flow. You were about to like, oh, I love this part. It's, it's over. I feel it's the same way right now. It's like I'm getting into my flow and we're changing the track. Like what's going on here? What's going on? It feel overwhelmed. And then not just too soon, but too quick. Have you noticed this? It's too quick. Like it's not just uh, things are changing, but the world is telling me to change and, and accommodate the change quick. Don't take my time getting used to it. No, you gotta, you got to move quick. And i got to tell you, I've, there are times, and maybe this is just me. Again, this is, maybe this is a sermon just for me. But I feel like, just get me off of this thing. Just get me off of whatever this is going on. It's just, it's just, it's just too much and too soon and too quick and too many things going on. Do you feel overwhelmed Oh, uh, and and what, what happens? Oh, how do we feel? Instantly, some of us, you feel like you're overloaded. You, you're overloaded. I know. It's because you're carrying more than you need to. That's when you overload something. You just carry more. I think we're all carrying a lot more. We're just carrying a lot more burden, a lot more concerns, a lot more feelings. We're carrying a whole lot more. And uh, you feel just like, you're tired. Do you feel like that? And then you go, I haven't done anything but watch Netflix. Why am I so tired? Like, you're just, you are tired. It's true, though. You're overloaded with burdens and feelings. How about this? Um, this is when you know you're overwhelmed, when you, when you overheat. 
What does that mean? You, you, you know what I'm talking about. You overheat. Like you ju- something happens and you just blow a gasket, right? You're, ju- you're, you're running on fumes. You're just over the top. You, you, you go through a couple of days like you're just mad at the world. Everybody can just go to some other place. Like you're just like, leave me alone. Everybody leave me alone. Uh, if you're dating someone and it was going good, you're like, you know what? I, I think, you know what? I don't even like you. Like you're, you're just, you're, you're, you're overheating. Some of us shutting down. You're not just overloaded. You're not just overheating. You're shutting down. What does that mean? You're shutting down. You're like, I'm done. How many times have you said this? I'm done. I'm just so done. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm ready to be done. I'm just, I, I want to be done. Like, you, done, I just, I just want to do that. And then some of us are doing this, the spinning wheel thing. You know what I'm talking about? Your computer? It's like, when it over, it's like, right? It's just spinning, 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 right? You know the feeling, you know the feeling. And you know the frustration that actually comes from all of those things. So the truth is, the truth is, Yes, we are living in a world that we can be overwhelmed. So what's the answer? The good answer is this. The good answer is that in Hebrews that we talked about last week, that we have a high priest, that we have Jesus who who understands our weakness. We have a God who understands, and he made us human. He understands the, the, the concept of being overwhelmed, and he wants to speak to us about that. So here's what I want to do. I want to go to an Old Testament story. So if you've got your Bible, grab those. We're in 1 Kings 19. Um, and this is a story about a guy named Elijah who is, you think he is the guy who would never get overwhelmed, who is the guy that God uses to do some incredible things, incredible things. But I want to tell you uh, that there's something about the story that speaks so much and connects to so much to who we are and then also speaks to, speaks to, the answer I gave you in the beginning. The answer of being overwhelmed is what? Creating a what? A sacred practice. So let's jump into it. Let me give you the context, okay? Context is, is you got a guy named Elijah. God talks to him and says, hey, Elijah, you're a prophet of your people. Here's the deal. They've been in a drought for three years. It's getting bad. Here's what I want to do. I want to bring rain. So go to the king and tell him it's going to rain. So uh, he goes to the king, Ahab, and he tells him, hey, God is saying it's going to rain. He's going to make it happen. The king looks at him and says, you know what? I don't like you. I never liked you. Uh, you, you are a troublemaker, and uh, I'm not listening to you. It's not going to happen. Well, the king had actually married a, a foreign princess. Uh, this princess is uh, infamously known in the scriptures as Jezebel, uh, which I think is a fascinating name. I actually named my car Jezebel. I don't know why. But anyways, so Jezebel, okay, so Jezebel. So he marries her, but here's what happens. She, um, she's not uh, Jewish, and so she has different gods. They, so they are now having this political marriage where now you got the, a, a Jewish king and a non-Jewish uh, queen, and now they're trying to um, lead and so what they're doing is they're tearing down idols, they're tearing down temples, they're doing all kinds of things in the society that the, the people of God are going, we don't know, or the P- Jewish people are going, we don't know what's going on. The other people are trying to figure out what's happening. Everybody doesn't know what's going on. What they do know is, guess what? It hasn't rained in what? Three years. And people are fed up. And so it's into that tension. It's into that stress level. Elijah comes in and speaks. And he says, God is going to bring what? It's going to bring rain. It's going to bring rain. 
Abraham, um, not Abraham, that's a different story. Uh, Ahab goes, no, no, it's not going to happen, not going to happen. In fact, you don't worry about it and tell your God it's all good because we got some prophets. My wife Jezebel, yeah, she came with a lot of prophets. Okay, we got all kinds of, we, we, we kind of worship now. We're kind of, we, we kind of thinking like Baal, the God, the, the, that God is kind of better. So we got prophets. We got about 450 of prophets of Baal. We actually got 400 of, of prophets of Asherah. And uh, we got all, we, we got it covered. We got this. And he goes, no, I'm telling you, God wants to, um, uh, God wants to intervene. And uh, more than your ego, he wants to save his people. He wants to save humanity. He wants to, he wants to bring rain down. And if you just listen, they're like, no, no, no. So finally, they come up with, Elijah comes up with a contest. He says, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Here's what, let's just do this, okay? Let's, let's have a competition. Let's just decide. And then you can give me room to do my thing. And I'm going to bring rain. And they come up with, I mean, I, I'm going to say something. I, I, I think only dudes would come up with something like this. It's like, let's have a grill off. Yeah. Grill master. Okay, let's do this. You bring a bull. I bring a bull. We pick a bull. Okay, we make an altar, and let's see who cooks up the best. And they're like, what? So I'm, I'm obviously paraphrasing and indulging a little bit, but basically what happens is two bulls, one, the prophet of Baal and Asherah, they're going to pray down fire to consume the bull, and then you got, supernaturally, that's supposed to happen. And then another bull that, um, you know, Elijah's going to do it. He's going to pray down heaven and let's see what God responds. Who's the true God? That's what's going to happen. So they do it. It happens. They start off. The guys go first. All the, the, the prophets of Baal and Asherah, they go first. They start in the morning and now they're doing their rituals. They're doing all kinds of things. They set up an altar to get the bull, all of that, put wood down, and they're praying, praying, praying. Nothing happens. They go all the way to the, uh, to the almost to the evening. Nothing happens. During this time, you got Elijah, which again, I want to I point this out. He gets cocky. Now, he already, he's already a little cocky, meaning that God's used him to do amazing things, and he's confident about that. So he goes in, and he, he starts taunting them. He goes, oh, your God's not listening, and you can read the story. It's pretty fascinating. So what happens? Nothing happens. Exactly, nothing happens. And then, then right at the golden hour, right, when it's like, like the sun is almost setting, it's perfect for Instagram pictures, you know what I'm saying? You know, that's when, like, Elijah's like, hey, hey, okay, you know what? Hey, this is the best time right now. Get your phones out. It's about to go down. Let me have a shot at this. And he goes, Let's, this is going to be the best thing in the world. So he says, let me try. He gets the bull, cuts it up, and he says, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to make this a sweet thing here. Let's, let's, let's get some water. Let's get four jugs of water and just drench the sacrifice, like drench the bull. Not the best seasoning, not the best sauce. I don't know. But he says, like, just drench. Just, I want to make sure that, I, you know, I didn't have a fire starter or anything like that. No, no, let's just drench this. And let's do it three times. Four jugs, water, three times. It is a, it's, 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 it's a mess. It's so wet. It's like ridiculous. And then he prays. And his prayer is very confident. Read for yourself. Super confident. And what happens? Fire comes down, boom, oh my gosh, best, 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 uh, best bull they've ever had. I mean, like, just wow. And then he actually um, kills off those prophets, which was what, uh, 850 people. So uh, he leaves that moment 
Elijah leaves that moment winning full, full on. He just did a miraculous thing. The people who are looking at this going, hold up, this king married this foreign queen. We were wondering who should we serve. Oh my gosh, of course, you got, yeah, the God of Israel, yes. So it's a win not just for uh, Elijah, it's a win for all the people of Israel. The king is like, hold up, he has a wake-up call, like, what, what, what happened here? So there's a lot of amazing things that are taking place. I wa- I'm making the case that Elijah had it going on. Then he prays for rain, and guess what? Rain does come down. So not just the, he wins the, the, the grill competition, he win, he, rain does come down. It all happens. And then the rest of the story, the rest of the story is when I think and I believe where this God who was so used by God, who was called by God, empowered by God, all those things, heard God, all that stuff, he gets so overwhelmed. Here's what happens. So we'll pick it up in, the, in chapter 19. What I just summarized was chapter 18. Chapter 19, it says this. When uh, Ahab, the king, that I told you about. He goes home. He goes home. He told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he killed all the prophets of Baal. Uh, so Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. Elijah. She texts him. She goes, hey, uh, may the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you kill them. She's like, like, like kill emoji. Like I, it's happening and it's happening now. She might have done a story on it. I'm not quite sure. Maybe a TikTok. I'm going to kill it. I don't know. What happened after that? What happened? Well, it says this in verse 3. Elijah was what? Afraid and fled for his life. He fled for his life. He went to Bathsheba, uh, Bathsheba at, at, to a town in Judah. He left his servant. Then, then, then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat under a solitary bloom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he laid down and slept under the bloom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread, Uh, baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you, too much for you. Let me just stop right there. So what's happening here? What's happening here, right? Because we we read after that is he he gets up and does exactly what the angel tells him to do. Why did all of a sudden he get one message from this queen and he freaks out? Now, some people have said, well, this was his one fear thing. Or, you know, there's so many talks about this, so many messages, so many sermons, so many good ones. But I just think it's one of those, like, this is not about fear. This is about being overwhelmed. Have you noticed that your breaking point is not the, like, when you have a breaking point, the, the conversation the, the thing that, took, that, that made you just blow up or the thing that caused so much insecurity in your life, it's not a big thing. It's like, the, like they say, the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's like, it's, it's not even, it's a minute thing. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, Jezebel's, oh my, uh, no. He just went against prophets, 800 of them. 
and talk about I- environmental stress here. I mean, I mean, and, and, and performance stress. He was in front of people. I mean, they could have killed him. Not just one woman. I mean, come on. What happened? Because he had it. It was overwhelming. He was overloaded. And what happened to him? It just, he fell apart. He, feel, he fell apart so much that he goes and leaves, wants to be alone. Did you notice that? He wants to be alone. And he, then he, what does he do? He starts praying that he would die. Have you ever had those thoughts? I mean, let's just be honest here, friends. I think when we're overwhelmed, when, there's, when life gets too much and, and there's so many things going on, when, it, when, when, you're, when the silence gets so loud, when you just go, I just, I just want everything to end, we all have moments. We all have moments where we go, I, can you just, I just, wanna, I just want everything to stop. And if that means my life stopping, I just, I just want it to stop. I just, I, just, I, just, I just want this to end. I, don't, I can't figure this out. I, can't, I don't know how to be a provider. I'm, I, can't, I don't know how to be strong. I don't know how to be this mom who figures it out. And, oh, oh, I, and I just, we're trying to figure out summer and, and now we got school coming back. And I, I, I the, the, the thought of teaching my kids, I love them, but I, I cannot do this. I mean, you get overwhelmed and it's, it's, not, it's just one added thing. And all of a sudden you're like, I just don't want to do this life anymore. Have you ever had that thought? He goes from winning, 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 and all of a sudden it's like, I can't do this anymore. And he just falls asleep, exhausted. And then what happens? This angel enters the story, right? And he starts telling him what to do. He says, okay, I want you to get up and eat. And then I want you to uh, I want you to sleep again. There's just like the sleep, eat cycle they go through. Verse 8, let me read this to you. It says, so he got up and ate and drank and, and, gave, and, and the food that gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of, of God. Uh, so what happens is he, he, he actually moves out of that space and he eats and gets refreshed and he moves out of that and then he comes to this cave. And then it says, verse 9 says, he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the, uh, the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down their altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. So he says, this is the problem. Here's the problem. Here's what I'm, you want to know what I'm, what I'm doing here? Uh, and, and, and here is not a physical space. Um, it's an emotional space. He's like, uh, how, why are you here emotionally? Why are you in this state? He's like, let me tell you why I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed because what? I have done this with all of my heart, and guess what? Your people, people are not behaving. Have you ever felt that way? And then they've torn down everything that I've set up and you've set up, and they've killed your prophets, and, they've, and basically he says, I'm the only one left. I'm the only one who cares. Have you ever felt that? Again, he's speaking like a guy. He's speaking like a person who is what? Over worked, overwhelmed, it's too much, it's too soon, it's too, it's too much. And then verse 11, God says, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And the Lord said to him, and then Elijah stood there. The Lord passed by in a mighty uh, windstorm, hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. 
And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard this, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went outside. He got his favorite hoodie, basically, went outside, and he stood at the entrance of the cave, and a voice said to him, what are you doing here? Again, the same question, but I, I believe in a different tone. But then what, what happens? He says the same thing again. He says, here's what he said. He says the exact same thing. He says, he replied again, I have what? Zestly served the Lord Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down their altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am what? The only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. And verse 15 says this. says, and then the Lord, then the Lord told him, okay, go back the same way you came, and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. And if you follow along the story, I'll, I'm going to stop here, but if you follow the story, he tells him, okay, here's what I want you to do. See, the story starts with God calling him with a purpose, and it ends with him fulfilling that purpose, not just reign for people, and not just praying for miraculous things to happen, not just reestablishing God's sovereignty in the hearts and lives of people of Israel, but there is more in fact, he tells him who he's going to be replaced by to go anoint the next king. He gives him all kinds of things. So what can we learn from this? We learn from this is this, this, this gem of knowledge that's found in this story. It's how God treats us and interacts with us when we are overwhelmed, when we feel we're the only one, that everything that we know is gone, and where there's no hope in sight that there is a voice that comes in and speaks to us, that God sends people and God sends his angel to speak. It seems like there's a voice that goes and an angel comes to him and says, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, I want you to rest and then I want you to eat. It seems like he's telling him to practice something that Elijah had lost. And what I believe it is, is a sacred practice. It's a sacred practice that when you and I are overwhelmed, that's when we need to lean into. And what's the sacred practice? The sacred practice is, being re is, is the, the art of and the practice of being refreshed and reconnected. Being refreshed and reconnected. See, for so many of us, when we're overwhelmed, we want to disconnect. We want to disconnect. I want to disconnect from reality. I mean, I just do because reality seems to another thing to add on. I don't want to watch things that are close to reality. I don't even watch, want, want to watch them things that are present in real life. Like in Netflix right now, I mean, my family's all about the, you know, Umbrella Academy, if you've wa been watching that. I've, I've tried to get into it, but it's so, it's, it's so current for me. I'm like, I don't want to do that. You know what I've been watching? Can I tell you what I've been watching? Star Trek The Next Generation. Why in the world am I watching that? I don't even know. I'm like, this is so in the past. This is so, not goofy, but Jean-Luc Picard, you know, Picard is there. And it's it's kind of cool. And maybe I might be a geek or a nerd or whatever, or just super cool. But it is fun, and I'm watching it. It's so old. It's not even, it's like, it's, it's hilarious. But this is my sense, this is my way of disconnecting. Why? Because when I feel overwhelmed, I want to disconnect. And instead of refreshment, uh, I don't want to refresh. I want to, uh, I, 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 I think I want to just, I want to, I, I want to forget. I, I want to 
I want to move out of whatever it looks like. I want to medicate. And but here, there's a practice where the angel says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to uh, be refreshed. refreshed. And here's how you're going to do it. You're going to sleep and you're going to eat. You're going to get some fuel in your body and you're going to get a good night's sleep. Have you, have you ever fallen or have you ever had like moments of intensely falling asleep? As you're like on, your, on the road or doing work and you're like, I just cannot stay awake. My eyes just want to go to sleep. Um, uh, health professionals call it microsleep. Microsleep is when your body is signaling you that you're not getting enough sleep. It's when you're so exhausted that you can't fall asleep and your sleep patterns have been um, messed with. For some of us, we're, do, we're in this season right now. We're overwhelmed. That's why your sleep, your sleep schedule is so off. Mine's been off. It started off like I was going to sleep at 3 a.m. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Now it's better. I think it's 1 o'clock. It's, it's, so, it's so tough. Why? Because when we're overwhelmed with all kinds of things, and you have your unique opportunities and difficulties, and I, I can only imagine what you're going through. Um, what happens? It messes with your sleep. You're so tired, you can't get any sleep. But the practice, the sacred practice uh, of being refreshed and reconnected demands that we refresh ourselves, that we figure out a way, that we, that we find things that refreshes us. What are the things you're going to do that refreshes you? Because if you don't, you're going to be overwhelmed and you're going to either overeat uh, or you're not going to eat at all. You're just going to have uh, unhealthy patterns. It's going to show up internally and externally. What is your secret or your sacred um, practice of refreshment? What needs to refresh you? What do you need to do? I mean, the angel told him exactly what he needed to do. What do you need to do? Do you need to unplug? Do you need to actually take some time off even though you feel like you need to do more work right now? What, what do you need to do to get to a point where you feel like you're refreshed? Not that you're just eating and sleeping. No, you are refreshed now. And then you need to reconnect. Reconnect with people and reconnect with God. For some of us, we're not connecting with God. I tell you, I guarantee you right now, um, you know people in your life who have not spent any time with God. They've just stopped praying. They, st they, they started in the beginning of this pandemic and they've stopped. They've kind of given up. They kind of feel like God's not interested. He's not doing anything and we're on our own. We're the only ones left. We just want to end this all. They're, they're exactly where Elijah is. And here's what the angel says. He says, hey, you need to reconnect. You need to reconnect. I want you to be refreshed because here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to a place. He says, this, I want you to take a journey. It's a long journey, but I want you to go to Mount Sinai. Why? Because that was a strategic place from reconnecting to the God of the universe. So he says, be refreshed and then go to get reconnected. See, for some of us, you might be refreshing yourself, but you're not reconnecting. There are two things. The sacred practice, your sacred practice, is being refreshed and then reconnected. So what, is it like, what does it look like for you to be reconnected to God, for you to re-engage? Maybe this is the first time in a long time you're actually watching this talk. Uh, maybe you're watching this talk, and I mean, it's not Sunday, obviously, but for you, and it's, it's a Wednesday. Regardless, whatever your schedule looks like, what do you need to do to reconnect with God and his people and God's purpose in your life? 
What does it require? Because friends, if, if you and I um, focus our energy on really um, creating a sacred practice, that's the only solution to when life gets overwhelming for us because life is going to get overwhelming. It's just going to happen. There's no use of praying, God, I just want all the things you have for me at, at the time frame that I want or even all the bad things are happening to me. I want this at a strategic and a healthy pace. No, life just throws everything at you. And I know friends that they're going through this pandemic and then there's a sickness that takes place. I know friends that they've been separated from loved ones and now they have a chronic pain and they have a disease that just crept up all of a sudden and now they're like feeling not just alone and separated from their loved ones, but now they're suffering alone as well. Friends, life is getting rough. And for some people, it's really, really rough. But what's the solution? The solution is not get alone and wish you want to just die and this life to be over. That's not the solution. The solution is in the what? The sacred practice of, of refreshing yourself and reconnecting to God. What hangs in the balance for you if you don't do this? See, for some of us, I, I can tell you, I tell you, I'll just tell you for myself. I, I muscle through things. And what I mean by that is I can run on empty for a while. I can. I, I, I can go, 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 go until I lose it. And you can ask and you ask my family, they know when Naeem has lost it, do not talk to him because everything is just over the top. And I mean, people who are close to me know he is in one of those moods. The problem is it's not a mood. It's like I've been carrying this load. I've been overloaded. I've been overwhelmed. And I've, and I've stopped the practice of refreshing and reconnecting. And now everything sets me off. At those times, I'm moving, even when I muscle through things, I'm moving at like the best, at 70% of my capacity, at best, maybe 80% of my capacity. For some of you, you're doing the same thing. What would it look like for you and I to actually move at 100% of our capacity, at 100% of our potential, at 100% of our energy, over 100% of our passion, 100% of our, of our compassion? What would it look like? See, that's what hangs in the balance. When we allow ourselves to be overwhelmed, life will throw all kinds of things. When we allow ourselves to do this, when we allow ourselves to go and sleep under a bloom tree, hoping to just end it all. When we, when we do that, we, 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 we train ourselves to live off of and function at a lower pace and a lower capacity and a lower opportunity than we've ever created, we were meant to be. And our potential just drops and for so many of us, that's what hangs in the balance. You're not moving at 100%. You are not who you are right now. Could you imagine if you could, could start this, these practices, start this thing and start living at 100%? You'd actually look in the mirror and go, hey, welcome back. Welcome back. You're actually who you are right now. What does it look like for you to be refreshed again, to reconnect again? I was talking to Vinny Candelori, he's part of our staff, and he was telling us a story just recently that happened to him where he found that his, 
that, that he just felt God tell him to go play golf. And he's not even a golf guy. I mean, he's just not a golf guy. I mean, he's like, kind of like me, like, don't look like a golfer, don't act like a golfer, don't have golf clubs, all those things. But he, he just felt like he needed to do this. And he found like this new practice allowed him to reconnect with God and, and be refreshed with him. And so what does it look like for you? Could it be that there's something that God wants you to step into? See, so many of you, and, so, uh, and, and, and I do this as well, we are satisfied with the God of our understanding. But you and I need the God beyond our understanding. Not of it, beyond it. You and I need to tap into the God that's beyond our understanding. And the only way, friends, we walk into that and step into that is we have a sacred practice of what? Refreshing and reconnecting with God. That's my hope for you. That's my prayer for you. And I will say this too, as I end. For some of us, um, may, maybe you need to do this for yourself, but for so many of us, you need to do it for other people. You need to do it for the people around you. For people around you, because like the angel was for Elijah, I believe we're all called to be angels for other people. We're all called to, be, to, to, to step into moments where we help people actually get refreshed. And there are people around you. If you were at 100%, you would actually have the ability and the capacity to actually look around and go, who can I be an angel for? I heard of a one guy who stood, uh, uh, you know, uh, holding a sign that said, what if I was an angel? And I thought, that's pretty profound. Because like, how would you treat him? And what if he was? And what if you and I were called to be? See, friends, sometimes... Um, you're supposed to be the voice that leads people to his voice. And someone in our circle, in our world, is not hearing the voice that leads to his voice because um, we're just wrapped up in our lives. I know it can be overwhelming to be God's voice for his people. Uh, sometimes we just need to be a voice uh, that leads people to his voice. So what hangs in the balance for you? Hey, let me pray for us. I know that in the midst of this, um, I feel what you feel, um, but I also know that God is with us. He's not left us. So let's, have a, let's, let's commit to a sacred practice today. Let me pray for us. Lord God, I thank you so much for who you are, and I pray in Jesus' name, God, for all the thoughts, all the emotions, God, that, are, that people are feeling. I thank you so much that your word reminds us, God. You've given us your word and you allowed us to, to have this world and the writings of people that, 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 that allow us to see how you interact with humanity. And you've told us, God, uh, that you are a God who is, who is not far off, who understands humanity because you made us in your, in your image. You, you know us so deeply and you've never disconnected our humanity from our spirituality. You've never connected, disconnected our, our, our physical to our spiritual. You've always cared for our physical body as you've, as, you, as you've fed people. You've always cared for the emotional state of people as you've talked through people's healings. You've always cared for us spiritually. God, so I pray as people are feeling just this emotional burden, God, I know it's, it's, it's internal and external. It's affecting our bodies and affecting our spirit 
as well. So I pray in Jesus' name, God, that we would know that you're the God who invites us into a place, a sacred practice, Lord, a habit, a routine that continually allows us to be refreshed and to be reconnected, refreshed by you and reconnected to our purpose that we have in you. God, I pray that over us and over uh, our church and over everyone who's listening. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.